Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories. Each show, we'll have a conversation with podcasters across all mediums and share their story, what motivates them, why they started a show, how they grew the show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened that have made them the person they are today. And now, here's your host, Danny Brown. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Podcaster Stories, where we take you behind the scenes to talk to the people behind the voices of the shows we listen to. Today, I've got someone that I've known uh, online for about, I guess, 10 years now, maybe more, um, and that's Bob Dunn, who I've known from the WordPress community and the blogging community, and now uh, Bob's moved over to the, I guess, the podcasting community. So we're going to talk about that move in his show today. So Bob, thanks for being on the show. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you to... Tell us all about, about yourself and your show. Really appreciate it, Danny. Yeah, it's it's been, uh, I think it's been a good decade, and uh, we've been through a lot of them, a lot of the interesting, uh, what do I want to say, ups and downs in the industry. So um, glad to be on here. Yeah, I right now I, I'm known I, kind of in the WordPress space as Bob WP, and my site, BobWP.com, I have a podcast called Do The Woo Podcast. And what it's focused on is WooCommerce, which is, if you're not familiar with WordPress, it's an e-commerce, one of the, probably the most popular e-commerce plugin for WordPress to build an online store and to sell online. And that kind of transpired over a period of time how I got to this point, because to be honest, I think I'm at number seven or eight in the number of podcasts I've done. <laughs> right. And I was going to ask you about that, because obviously, as you mentioned, Bob WP, so WP short for WordPress, uh, and your main site is bobwp.com. So you started from blogging um, and sort of, as you mentioned, moved more towards the podcasting medium. What have you found has been the biggest difference between, say, you know, written word and spoken word? That's interesting because it, I was actually not inspired, but I thought about podcasting as far back as 2009 because I had a couple of colleagues that were into it and it just didn't seem to fit at the time, you know, it's doing blogging, the whole thing. But I was like, mm, no. So in 2014, I actually started my first one. And since then, I think it's just, it's just, for me, it's another medium. It's another tool to get your content out there. I still, if I have a preference of what I really enjoy doing, I enjoy podcasting, but I always enjoy writing first. And I'm reaching a different audience, of course. I think that's why, you know, a lot of us do this because there is a different audience. Personally, I, as weird as it sounds, I'm not a huge fan of podcasts because I'm more of a uh, visual. I like to read rather than auditory. So it's just, yeah, I think it's just, there's there's a lot of differences. There's a lot of preferences people have. And I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of people that, yeah, you know, they listen to podcasts all the time. Other people that just, you know, I won't touch them just because they don't work for me. So. I, I guess my observation is really, it's another tool. It's like when video came in and video is all big and everything. It's just another way to communicate and it gives a different feel. There really is something different than even watching a person and watching them talk versus just hearing them talk. And that, I think it brings out more of the personality of the individual and it bring you, you seem to be more focused on what they're actually saying rather than watching them, especially if they're, you know, try to be rather entertaining on the video, <laughs> you're getting that miss, you're interpreting that message differently. 
And it, I think that's something that's unique that podcasting brings is that audio only. I mean, you know, it's like radio. We've been, you know, it's been around forever. And how many of us have grew up or lived on radios or whatever that was. And it's still, in a sense, is still an important piece of our culture. So I think it just, uh, yeah, I think it just brings a different different perspective to content, just being audio only. And I think to, to your point about um, being visual creatures, um, I think it was uh, Bob Reed who was on uh, last week's show that I was speaking to. He'd mentioned that his sweet spot for like a podcast to listen to, for example, would be about 20, 30 minutes because people tend to, you can switch off and have it on in the background, do your workout, go grocery shopping, whatever you want to do, as opposed to having to concentrate on, you know, a video that you have to physically watch or a written word that you have to have your eyes focused on. Um, and I think maybe to your point, that's definitely where the differences of the audiences come in and, and how they prefer to consume the content. Yeah. And I think it, like, just like you said, it's how you can do it and when you can do it. I mean, we found, you know, another way to fill a, a gap, whether it's commuting, whether it's, you know, uh, cleaning your house, whatever you're doing, This gives you the opportunity, if that's your style, to listen to some content, to, you know, whether it's educational or entertaining or whatever it may be. Now, you'd mentioned that you've had about seven or eight podcasts now, or this is your now about seven or eight. And your first podcast was back in 2014. So, what was that first podcast and why that particular show or that particular topic? I think I forced myself into it. It was called WP Breakdown. And I thought it was real clever because, you know, either I was, I was, it was a short talking head podcast. I talked for like 10 or 15 minutes about some plugins or something like that. And I thought, well, that's really clever. You know, it's like WP Breakdown. I'm breaking down the plugin, but a lot of us have a breakdown when we're working on WordPress. So, you know, I, I mean, in my mind, that was it. And I don't know whether anybody interpreted it that way or not. I did it just to get my feet wet in it. It was like, finally, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to dive in. And I did it for about 12 or, I don't know, 12 or 14 months. And it really was, when I look back on it, it was really a lame podcast. And uh, I'd be totally honest, I don't even know how many people I had listening to it. But I felt like I was just regurgitating what I was writing about. And even though... It is a different medium. It just, it wasn't exciting to, I mean, it doesn't have to be exciting, but there was just, it was like, what am I talking about this stuff? I write about it. It's like, blah, blah, blah. And and finally, I just said, you know, I'm stopping this podcast because I need to find something else. I need to find something that clicks with me. And I'm not going to say that's going to happen in two months or, or a year or whatever. It took about a year before I started another one again. But that, you know, that one was just, I mean, it was fine. It, it got me used to it and understanding it. And it also helped me to understand that I think I want to do more interview style. I don't want to be the talking head because I'm really not sure if I'm able to capture an audience for a long amount of time by myself. I mean, I was, you know, really questioning myself, even realistic, or is this, you know, something people want to listen to? And if a few people, oh, yeah, when I quit, they were bummed. They said, oh, you know, enjoyed it. Well, you know, that's great. We're going to move on. So, so I, so I ended that one then. And I, I completely understand that I sunsetted my own personal podcast uh, the last couple of weeks to concentrate on this one, because to your point, I was doing it just as a sole person. Now and again, I'd have people on um, to talk with, but primarily it was my my soul, my soul person, uh, or myself, and I just I couldn't 
I wasn't enjoying it as much. I was always questioning, well, do I want to talk about this topic, that topic, etc. And I find this format, I enjoy the, the, the interviews, the chats much, much, much more than doing it myself. And I find this format, to your point, a lot more, you know, entertaining uh, and a lot more fun for me to take part in as well. Yeah. And I think you kind of find that groove too. It's like when I've talked to people about podcasts, I said, I've had a lot of people that have come back to me said, I love your interviews with me or the interview you did with me. You made me feel comfortable. We had a good conversation. You're a good interviewer. I didn't consider myself, you know, some good interviewer. It was like I didn't have uh, experience in that. But on the other hand, I thought, okay, maybe I found that sweet spot. And this is what works best for me. Now, you'd mentioned, obviously, um, that you concentrate now on WooCommerce, uh, which is the e-commerce, you know, the, the primary e-commerce platform for WordPress. When you moved over to that, because I know you started doing that first on your blog, you moved to talking a lot more about WooCommerce as opposed to WordPress in general. Um, so when you launched the podcast, were you ever concerned it could be too niche because it was very specific to an e-commerce plugin? Or did you find that like maybe a, a bonus and that was an opportunity to own that niche then? Yeah, that's interesting because when I started the podcast up again after that first one, and that was in 2016, I decided to start. It was actually the Do The Woo podcast, and I started it as niche down to WooCommerce. After about seven months, I thought, hmm, I don't know if I want that much of a focus right now. I don't know if it's right. So I switched it over to the WP e-commerce show to talk about all e-commerce on WordPress. So it, it kind of opened up a lot more. And I ran that for four years as that particular podcast up till this last March and I ended it. But then I got in my turmoil of, oh, I'm going to try this podcast. I'm going to do this podcast. I decided to bring Do The Woo back and I had brought a co-host in and we were doing it twice a month. And I was doing it simultaneously with the other e-commerce podcast. And it came to a point where my whole site and a lot of what I determined when I would you know, decide on a podcast is this is my business. My website is my business. Publishing is my business. So it's got to fit into my business. And it can't always be, oh, I just want to do it because it's cool or it's fun. So I looked at WooCommerce and the direction my site was going and made some changes, talked to a lot of people and thought, okay, WooCommerce is back on the front plate. And, and, you know, some people did come to me and say, God, boy, you seem to be putting things all in one basket. And I said, you know, I've pivoted a lot over these last 13 years since I use WordPress and I can pivot again if need be. But right now that is a sweet spot. So there was never really any concern. I think it was the growth and building my site around that WooCommerce audience. The podcast just seemed natural. So the more I, I talked to people and the more opportunities I saw to talk to people as guests on the show versus back when I first started it, it was a little harder to find people kind of deeper into WooCommerce. They were more available now. And it just, it was almost just a natural segue that fit for the entire model I was creating. And um, as a result, even I've started just this last oh, two, three weeks ago, I was doing a WooCommerce roundup. And I decided that well, why don't I make that a little podcast too? It's just 
simply it's just another way to get it out there for somebody to rather listen to a two, three minute thing than my little news um, posts that I put up. And so I started that one. So yeah, it, it never in a, in a long about way, it's, it's <laughs> never really was, am I going to be stuck in this? Is this too niche? In fact, I think that's the way to do it now. And if you are going to try to monetize your podcast, you got to niche down unless you're some celebrity in some space that you just automatically have a huge following and people throw money at you. All right, yeah. And it's funny, the uh, the podcast host that I use, they have a weekly uh, call-in, like a live call, uh, where the customers can, you know, ask the biggest questions about podcasting, grow a show, et cetera, et cetera. And the number one question, you know, rightly or wrongly, is about monetization and when can I do it, how soon, how big, how many downloads, et cetera. And it, it was interesting to see the, the CEO and the founder or co-founder of the platform mention that you know it's not you're you're all approaching it the wrong way when it comes to monetization it's about being useful first providing great content and then start thinking about what can i get back from this so to speak right exactly and even when i started the um do the woo as it was in 2016 i started out the gate saying i'm going to monetize this thing and it was risky as far as sponsorships but i looked at it as i'm not looking at numbers i'm not looking at whatever i'm looking at a niche and i'm looking at my brand and that's what i'm going to sell it on and see how it goes and, and i mean you mentioned i mean I, I think it's fair to say bob that like i said we've known each other for a long time and i've seen you to your point about pivoting from you know different uh, topics and uh, where your expertise lies and i think it's pretty safe to say that you're very well respected in both the wordpress and the woocommerce you know arenas as a user of the platform and as someone that's respected and you know shares that expertise either on your po- your your blog or your podcast where do you see woocommerce going as a platform do you ever see it expanding beyond wordpress do you think they'll just stay within that market or what, what's your take on that Boy, that's a good question because it, it's weird. I'm kind of this, what do you call it? I, I I don't know if any of your listeners can relate to it, but I was talking to somebody the other day about the old 1970s FM disc jockeys that were laid back and would throw on a whole album and you wouldn't hear from them till they flipped over the side just merely to tell you to flip over the other side. And, and they were mellow and they just kind of flowed with their music. And with WordPress, people are asking me, you know, where do you think it's going? What's the direction of it? And I I look at it as, even though it's obviously a huge part of my life and there is a community that's involved with it, I look at it it's this, as this tool that's constantly changing and I'm just kind of along for the ride and I change with it. So I don't, I'm not real critical of a change, uh, you know, if something really bugged me or something, you know, if I saw some direction going in the future that wasn't, wouldn't fit my model anymore, yeah, I would look at, okay, what can I do here? What can I change? What can I tweak? How can I pivot? But I don't really, yeah, it's, I, I don't really know where it's going. You know, I've tried to figure it out and maybe that's part of the thing I like about technology is I can't predict when I'm involved with any kind of technology where it's going and it kind of surprises me and maybe some change kind of freaks me out a little bit initially, like, Whoa, I've got to learn this now. But how many times have we had to learn something over and over and over dealing with any kind of technology? So it's kind of a non-answer because (laughs) I don't really know what, what's around the corner. 
because it's constantly changing and there's so many and and you kind of look at it from the outside user and then you look at it from this community that sometimes has its own little bit of turmoil in it and people are you know this is being done this being done wrong so i i just sit back and i i'm almost like in a movie you know i'm just watching what's going on and I, I i wait for the next scene and then okay well this was kind of something i didn't expect but hey i'm i'm here i'll deal with it so i don't even know if that's an answer but that's how i take it that's my perspective on even where we're going you know it it could change to the point where i'm not interested in it anymore but i don't really see it and at the age i am i'm not really in the mood to change either no and that's fair cover i know uh, i've used a couple of different um, e-commerce like WordPress e-commerce plugins over the, the last I don't know, five, six years maybe as I've helped my wife and a couple of people get online stores up and running. And I remember there was a couple like Cart66 and ECWID I think was another one. Um, then obviously you've got digital downloads but WooCommerce always seems to be the one that's stuck around. It's actually improvised and expanded their, their product line etc. So it'll be interesting to see you know who knows maybe they'll become like the Shopify of WordPress and have their self-hosted maybe they do that now I'm not sure because I haven't used WooCommerce for a while. Do WooCommerce host uh, sites on their own platform? Is it all? You know they've introduced it into WordPress.com so you can install WooCommerce easily on that where I don't know at one point they did that, but I, I think that's a lot of the prediction is that there will be some kind of self-hosted WooCommerce platform that WordPress does. And to me, you know, if that's the case, I mean, there's some people, there's pros and cons, everybody has an opinion. To me, I'm thinking, hey, you know, that would probably help a lot of people get online even more and be able to sell online. And and they're kind of doing baby steps to that already, how they integrate Jetpack and different other, you know, onboarding experience and easily they've just created their own Woo payments and it's a gateway, but they're using Stripe. And the reason they're calling it Woo payments is it's very easy through the onboarding experience when you're setting up, if you set it up to the wizard, if you set up Stripe, you got to go in and grab the API and everything like that, like you would do um, PayPal in a lot of instances. But this is, you just basically connect, you give, the, you open up an account on Stripe through their platform and you're ready to go. That's cool. I'll have to check that out. Like I said, I've not used WooCommerce for a little bit, but I do have a project coming up that I will need some form, you know, of, of, uh, payment gateway, payment stroke store. So I'll definitely be checking that out. Now, as someone that's launched between seven and eight podcasts over the last 10 years or longer, 15 years, I guess, what would be your, if there was like one piece of advice that you could give a new podcaster or someone even thinking about coming into the podcasting space as being a blogger or whatever, what would that be? Uh, it's kind of two part and I'll cheat because I'm going to give two, but I'll, I'll make them quick. First one is I always tell people, know what the heck you're going into this for i mean what why are you starting the podcast and is it meeting those expectations down the road you know reevaluate and it's simply you know if you're going if you're starting a podcast to build your brand to monetize to just hear yourself talk you know if you say okay i'm going to start a podcast because i'm going to really enjoy it this is going to be fun well five episodes down the road. Are you still having fun? Are you enjoying it? If that's the only reason you're podcasting and you have the time and resources to do it, then great. You, you've hit it on the spot. But 
don't just do it to jump on the bandwagon. And we, you and I have both been through the blogging days where everybody, you know, blogs, hey, got everybody's got to have a blog. Everybody's got to have a blog. Jump on the blogging bandwagon. All these blogs get started, they get abandoned, and the same thing happens with podcasts. So, so know that and know your limitations because with all the, you know, technical stuff, the post-production, however you decide to do things in producing a podcast, figure out if you're going to have somebody help you or you're going to do it all yourself. Because again, I think that's a big reason people abandon them. They think it's going to be so easy and they haven't found the right tools or the right workflow to make it easier for them, or they haven't reached out to somebody to maybe do if they need post-production work, maybe they need somebody to do that for them rather than them trying to learn um, Audacity or GarageBand or, you know, any other uh, audio software. So it's that question of, you know, why are you starting this podcast and decide what you're going to put into it as far as resources? No, you know, I think that's a great piece of advice. I know um, I was just checking Fiverr out the other week there to to get some uh, post-production uh specialists for a, a client's uh, podcast because I'm I, I don't mind doing my own editing and stuff but when it comes to certain you know certain qualities that you need I do not have them so mm-hmm. I was just checking out five and there's a huge industry there for post-production specialists of podcasts uh, artwork designers um, show hosts and uh, marketers people that will market your podcast and help you grow it so I think that's a great piece of advice that Know your own weakness or your your limitations, and you know outsource where you can to the people that can do the stuff that you cannot do. Exactly, and that's it. There's that marketing. Those are other things even thrown into the mix that you really got to look at. You know, this isn't just getting on there, talking into your microphone, hitting end, and it's all done. You know, so yeah, I think that's just knowing what you want to do and what you may need help doing. Now, just to swing things around a little bit, we've known each other for a while. We keep saying that. Um, but, for, but for people that A, either don't know you or maybe do know you but is there something that not a lot of people know about you that may surprise them if they found out or if they knew about it? You know, I and think a lot of shop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, business-wise, I'll, I'll give you a, bit, a personal and a business-wise. Business-wise, Probably people didn't know we had a marketing company like 17 years. My wife and I, Judy, which you know very well, had a marketing company for 17 years in a kind of a suburb of Seattle, um, a good amount of those years. And one thing people didn't know is we were actually, um, we beat out IKEA in a local um, business awards which Ikea wasn't really thrilled with, but they, the Chamber of Commerce in our, in the town we lived, uh, we were up against Ikea and a couple of businesses for um, community awards, um, communities. I can't, it was like a business community, business committed to community of the year or something. And we won, a, won it over um, Ikea. So we can actually say we won and beat out Ikea. And we actually were in competition with Boeing for another award, which is really odd to think about, but we, of course, didn't win that one. <laughs> and, and on a personal note, um, maybe the thing that people don't know that my very first entrepreneurial job was driving an ice cream truck. And so that was one of those annoying things to go around and play music all the time. I, I think people kind of know currently every 
kind of my personality, but I mean, how I am, I'm a very much of a pacifist. I'm very much of a, um, a, a low key mellow guy, very accepting water, you know, glass half full type of guy. So, um, but I, I, yeah, business wise, I think people wouldn't know that. And, um, probably there's plenty of things they don't know about me that they're probably <laughs> glad they don't know. So <laughs> that, that's interesting to hear about IKEA and Vaughn. IKEA special, I can imagine, you know, like the Swedish executives pulling their hair out saying, Who's this little mom and pop store that's, you know, has <laughs> <laughs> taken our business away? And when we were at the award with Boeing, we were just, and again, it was, um, it was through the school district and it was businesses committed to kids. And we'd done a lot with the school districts as far as um, a lot of helping them support and stuff like that. But it was kind of obvious. We just sat there and thought, you know, this is really funny. They even have both of us competing against each other because realistically, we knew they weren't going to pick us because, yeah, it's like Boeing had given them, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars and all this stuff. So it was it was yeah. kind of hilarious. But and in another way, it was kind of nice to hear your, you know, and these are the finalists, Boeing, and our company name back then was Cat's Eye Marketing. And I thought, well, we got mentioned in the same breath in competition of Boeing. I guess that's a win. <laughs> that's pretty cool. You put it up on your website, as mentioned, in the same breath as Boeing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool marketing. So, Bob, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I know um, the listeners are going to get a lot of, you know, value and takeaways um, about podcast and the WooCommerce platform. If they're interested in uh, learning more a, about you or podcasting or WooCommerce, and you know, because I know you do WooCommerce, uh, I believe you do WooCommerce consulting, correct, or WooCommerce training? You know, I don't. I oh, you don't know? what I what I found is that I used to do a little bit of it, but I'm I'm kind of an expert by osmosis. So I learn from all the people I have on my site, but sometimes I don't really feel like I'm always the you know the best fit to give. WooCommerce advice specifically on, you know, creating your store and stuff. So I have a nice uh, uh, team or um, band of people that I can refer people to. So I, I basically just publish in podcasts these days. Okay, so for people that would like to to learn more, then as you mentioned, you can certainly refer uh, to relevant, you know, based on topics or queries, etc. Where's the best place people can find you online, either website or social, etc.? Uh, bobwp.com is the website and I'm probably most active on Twitter, which is bobwp. So if you go to, on any social platform, you can search for me there. If I'm there, that's where you're going to find me. Awesome. I- I'll make sure to drop the, the links to all the, the, the platforms, et cetera, in the show notes. Um, so as mentioned, guys, uh, this has been another episode of uh, podcaster stories i've really enjoyed having bob done on the show today and i hope you've enjoyed listening to him uh, make sure to check the show notes for the links that I'll, I'll drop in there you know to find bob where he lives well, not where he lives but where he, <laughs> where he lives online i'm not going to send people you know especially with the social distancing <laughs> over your house <laughs> crazy times again <laughs> thanks for listening guys if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe uh to make sure you get the new shows once they're published uh you can either find the latest episode on podcasterstories.com or on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Until the next time, take care, and we'll speak soon. You've been listening to Podcaster Stories. If you enjoyed this week's show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes to help others find the show too. And we'll see you the next time on Podcaster Stories.